This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Lazarus and the rich man. Increase our faith. Unworthy servants, ten lepers, and as the lightning. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. This is the day which the Lord has made. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father.
reading from Romans chapter 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered out to death. He was delivered from the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered out to death. He was delivered from the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day of keeping holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not
the small catechism, page 323. What is the introduction to the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven. What does this mean? With these words, God truly invites us to believe that He is our true Father, and that we are His true children, so that with all holiness and confidence, we may ask Him as dear children as their dear Father. What is the conclusion to the Lord's Prayer? What does this mean? This means that I should be certain that these traditions are pleasing to our Father in heaven and are heard by him, for he himself has commanded us to pray this way and has promised to hear us. Amen, amen, means yes, yes, and shall be so. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in our reading from Romans, one word sticks out, Abba, an Aramaic word in a Greek text. Aramaic was the native language of Jesus, but there are not many Aramaic words in the New Testament. Abba is one of them. Three times in the New Testament, this word appears. In the Gospel according to St. Mark, in the 14th chapter, uh, in the report of Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, in our reading from Romans 8, and then one more time in Galatians 4. So why does Paul use an Aramaic word in a letter to the congregation in Rome, where they talked Greek? Now, it's not some kind of folklore. It's not like you celebrate your ethnic heritage by having a few words from the old country. That's not there. Because to the Christians in Rome, Aramaic was probably as strange and foreign as it was is to you. So why use an Aramaic word? It's also not that Paul is giving here the super secret knowledge that if you really want to get something from God, you better use Aramaic. There is no specific language we have to use for God, be it Hebrew, Aramaic, Latin, or Elizabethan English. The very point that Jesus actually uses Abba, because that's probably where it comes from, is that he uses Aramaic. He doesn't use the holy language. So when Paul uses Abba here, yes, it harkens back, not simply to the old country. It harkens back to Jesus. It harkens back that we address God as Father because Jesus wants us to address God as Father. Now, Jesus was not the first one who called God Father. You find that in the Old Testament. You even find it among the pagans. But when he teaches his disciples to pray, 
He teaches them to say, Father, our Father who art in heaven. That's the name. That's the name by which we are to call on God. Now, you've all been through Gospels once. You all, you all know what the name of God is, right? It's Yahweh. God, after all, revealed himself in Exodus as the one who is, as Yahweh. Now, in the time of Jesus, the pious didn't pronounce that name anymore. They had so much awe of God that this is the holy name. Don't use it. So what did they do? They used instead Lord. And even later, like contemporary Jews, they don't even use Lord anymore. They just say the name, Hashem. What does Jesus do? Does he say, when you call, when you pray, you shall say, Lord. No, he doesn't also, neither does he say Yahweh. He says, our Father. Neither does he start with some solemn invocation, Almighty God, creator of the universe, or even immortal, invisible, God-only wise. He starts with our Father. That's the proper way. That's the name of God that he has given to us. That's the proper way to address God for the disciples. What's all included in that? Well, the first one is, first thing is that when Christians call on God as Father, then that includes that they are children. When we call upon God as Father, we say something about God, but we also say something about ourselves. God is our Father, we are his children. Think of it, when you say God is Lord or Master, what do you say about yourself? I'm the servant, or even I am the slave. When you say God is almighty, true, what are you saying? He's almighty and all-powerful. I am weak. When you talk like God, that, what you emphasize is the difference in power. Now, it's true. There's a difference of power, of course. But you emphasize that when you talk to God, it's a power relation. He is the powerful. You are the powerless. What's the appropriate reaction when you are the powerless? Bow, submit, throw yourself to the ground, hope for the best. What's the appropriate reaction when you call upon God as Father? Well, trust in that Father. You come to the Father not simply as the one who is powerful, but as the one who has made himself your father. You come to him as your child. So the Christian is God's child. How so? We heard it in our reading. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have to receive the spirit of adoption of sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So when we come before God, it's not the spirit of slavery, but we come in before, with fear before God, but the spirit of adoption. And so we cry in trust, Abba, Father. He has adopted us. And so it's not simply the relationship of master and slave. He has made us his children. 
And so we stand before God, calling on him as our father, with the right he has given us. He has made us his children. That's why we dare to stand before God and call on him as father. We call on him with the expectation that he will hear us because he has given us the status of children. A little after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? That's how we come before God. As the one, our, as the Father, who will give good things to those who ask him. That's what Luther emphasizes in his explanation. With these words, God tenderly in, uh, invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. God gives himself to us as our dear father who cares about us. Now, that's not always obvious. That faith is not something that you say, well, yeah, sure, okay, big deal. There are times where there seems to be no dear father who is eager to give us gifts. There are times where it seems that this loving, caring father is absent, where he's certainly not inviting our confidence, where he seems not to give good things to those who ask him. How many reject what Jesus teaches here as an infantile wish, as an illusion. That might be nice when you are a child yourself. But men grow up. Realize there is no dear father. You are alone. That's the hard reality. You are alone. You are on your own. That's the temptation. That's what people tell us. That's what our own heart tells us. We don't get what we ask for. Well, then also remember that Jesus calls on his Father, not simply in good times, not only in the Sermon of the Mount, where the weather is fine, the people are there, and everybody seems to be happy. Remember that he calls Abba Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he calls on his dear Father, where it seems that he is forsaken, that his dear father has forsaken him. On his way through suffering, he calls on his father. And has the father forsaken him? No. The father is with him on his way through suffering to glory. And so also, his father, who is our father, is with us on the path of suffering through glory. When God leads us on a path of suffering, this does not mean that he is no longer our dear father and we are no longer his dear children. He still is our dear father. He still wants us to pray to him and he still cares us for us and he still will lead us through the suffering. These words, our father, are therefore promise and comfort. God promises himself to us as our Father. 
And that is our comfort in all suffering and adversity. For this Father truly is almighty and omnipotent, and his almighty power works in our favor. He does not only promise, he delivers. When you read on in Romans 8, Paul will say that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. For Christ, the Son of God's sake, we are sons of God. The Father who has given, his son, has given up his Son for us, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And that's why it's a big deal to call on God as Father. That's who he is. That's his name. That's his promise. And that's our comfort. No, we are not alone. No, we are not forsaken. The almighty creator of the world has given himself to us as our father without any merit or worthiness on our side and has made us his dear children, his dear children to live with him forever, heirs to the glory to come. Amen.
our prayers, we give thanks to God for the births of Sven Augustine to Vicar Thomas and Olivia Goodrow, Malachi Keith to Seminarian Solomon and Leah Spangler, Lydia May to Vicar Sean and Molly Barnett, and Lucia Jane to Seminarian Vincent and Amanda Shemwell. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Sven, Malachi, Lydia, and Lucia, that their parents would raise them in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, Merciful Lord, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen.